And now, as we come to another successful end to a season of the Terra Mystica Tuesday League, please be upstanding for the TMTL hymn as performed by Danny B. providing the sound file to his excellent ghostly is our king recording it's beautiful what a beautiful tune uh plug for danny you can see more of his hear more of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash fiction soundcloud.com slash f-i-k-t-i-o-n he's great um Right, today it is Matt the Lesser on the podcast, the recent champion of Season 4 of the Terra Mystica Tuesday League in the Premier League that just finished uh, quite recently. He won the Premier League in a very close finish with Simon Bay and toppled Deep Finesse from going for his fourth win in a row. Uh, and Matt also won the inaugural Division 1 of the turn-based league in TMTL, which is cool. So yeah, really awesome for him. That comes after recent. He recently he won Div 1 of TM Tour. So he came and talked to myself and Superchani uh, about all that, about his sort of recent successes, um, which was great. It's really fun talking to him. He's a really nice guy, really uh, fun chat. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a discussion of how good he is. I think and maybe sometimes we over-focus on like, who's the best at Termis? Who's the best? And sorry if that's a bit annoying, but he is playing really well. And um, I sort of, I don't know, I go on a bit about it with him and George Shortwell about this thing of best all-round Terra Mystica player in the world. It's all a bit tongue-in-cheek, um, but it's also cool to celebrate people who really have achieved some great stuff recently and are playing really well. So um, please enjoy this discussion. Oh, the VODs. I'm also, we also talk about his turn-based streams that he did, which were really great. They were, we talk about it, but I think they, were fantastic and I'm in the process of putting them up on YouTube on the Terra Mystery Counts account 
Terror Mystery Cats account because Matt doesn't have a YouTube account at the moment. So I think they're worth watching. Uh, anyway, I'll stop blabbering. Please enjoy this discussion with Matt the Lesser joining Super Charney and myself, EJ. Thank you. There is our cat. Where's our cat? You are you are our cat. You're here. Hello, I'm the cat. <laughs> Thanks for talking, Matt. Absolutely. After you wait, which guide did you do? You did the volcano? Oh, I did the acolytes. Yeah. yeah, oh the volcano. Yeah, I guess I did both. Yes. Back in the day. I talking to you then, I was like He's destined for great things, and here you are. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, Matt. First question: How does it feel to have your nickname included in the name of the best Terramistica tournament? <laughs> well, what's funny is I didn't even notice it until someone typed it the way you you typed it in the Discord with like T dash MTL, and I think I saw it in one of the Twitch streams of one of the early Premier League games or something, and I was like, oh, that is pretty clever. Um, and uh, yeah, now I... That would make sense, because I actually won, so it's pretty cool. TMTL. Yes, and Matt won, and it had nothing to do with his name, okay, everyone? It had nothing to do with his nickname. Or did it? Or did it? <laughs> The first, yeah, that's how you challenge Deep Finesse, is you, yeah, like, name yourself for the tournament. So if your name was, like, Fred Who Orwell. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty unlikely, but go on, go on. Then you will win Fire Open. Uh, um, we haven't prepared much for this one. I feel so. I have just been playing Clans of Caledonia and drinking whiskey. So I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling, I'm feeling crazy. Nice. But yeah, it was a it was a cool tournament, eh? Um, like, yeah, like right down to the wire. To, oh, totally. Um, uh, what do you call it? To the decided on percentage of first place points right yeah That's crazy yeah it's funny because i hadn't i hadn't had to deal with that tiebreaker system since i stopped playing tm tour um and it's actually really funny because back in the day like this is literally years ago at this point i missed promotion to division one of tm tour by the by the same tiebreaker but by the like smallest of margins like literally if one point like in the in an individual game had been different i could have made it and at the time i had never been in division one and i was so frustrated <laughs> at the time of thinking of this tiebreaker and then i was looking at the tiebreaker and there's still a, i actually wrote this long post at bgd you could probably dig it up of me and my frust mostly just in my frustration writing out why I thought the tiebreaker was not the calculation was not fair. 
Um, and it, I, I still actually think that it, it basically because it only it only actually accounts for the games that you don't win. Um, it doesn't take into account mm. how well you perform in the games that you do win on a relative basis. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so at the time I wrote this like crazy BGG post, like laying out why mathematically it was inferior. And I remember someone, I think it was Steve, who's like a big former Snellman guy responded and he's like, I agree with you, but this is so nuanced and is going to happen so rarely that it's like not worth dealing with. <laughs> and he was probably right. It was probably probably the only time that it had ever happened so far. Yeah. So I do have uh, in one of my seasons, but this was in Division Six, so less of like high stakes. So I think my second ever season of TM Tour, I had the opposite where I got promoted because of a single point swing in a game. Oh wow! Yeah, I've got it screenshot here. So it was a point oh two percent of the average win score difference like ridiculous yeah so it it will be a single point uh but that went in my favor it shows how it shows how in these leagues that if you get people who are um you know relatively close in skill at how tiny little things can make the difference right like i mean even if you just look at this premier league season that i just won i only won one game outright which was that last game. And then I had another tied win and a second place, right? Um, it's just because we had five players in the league who were all really close and at a very high level, but, but really close in skill, and all of those games were you know, close and competitive. Um, and in the turn-based league, we had five games and four different winners. It was almost five for five. Um, mm. And so I think it just shows that even at the highest levels these days there's a lot of depth like a lot of people are playing at a really really high level which is really cool yeah and i guess when you throw in like a everyone having a home game i don't know it would actually be interesting to pull some stats on how often people win their home games in tmtl i've got no idea but maybe then it skews more to yeah like one person winning a single game oh yeah i don't know the, I, uh, no idea the game that i tied for first um this season was my home game so i guess that's a, a point in the right direction and which what was your home game which was what were the settings on it it was uh fjords no uh, fjords with landscapes and with extra scoring um which is kind of hilarious, actually, because I ended up playing the witches, and the fact the landscape not like the witches landscape is maybe the worst landscape because in many situations you actually can't even build it, and that was what happened to me in that game. And if I had been able to build it, I would have won outright. Um, but because I didn't have two temples on the board, um, I didn't. And also, it was extra scoring, and I didn't score any points on extra scoring. Uh, <laughs> in that game but <laughs> uh but i do yeah, i do love fjords though so do i it was this game where three players actually scored 170 victory points at least yeah fourth place had one 152 so it was just crazy even with fairly scoring as you said you scored nothing out of it so where do these where do these points come from that game i just hit the track really hard 
if I remember correctly, it was uh, I opened I opened with uh, Temple Five Dwellings or sorry TP Five Dwellings, uh, which is one of my new favorite openings. I've been playing it a lot lately with a lot of different factions. You can actually do it, mm-hmm. um, mm. and uh, especially on Fjords, there's a lot of a lot of ways to do it. Um, but base map too, you can do it. And uh, I opened with that, and then built both big buildings in a big building scoring round with the big building pass tile. And that was, I believe, round three of that game. And from there, I was just able to just generate a lot of a lot of points on the track, even though I ended up never uh, never connecting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I've just got the game up now. So yeah, you tied with Simon. Simon's alchemists in that game were just wild, though. He's he's really good with alchemists. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that game. I still haven't watched that actually. Haven't you? Oh, no. Yeah, I need to, and because that's the one where yeah, afterwards in the morning, because it's late at night here in the mornings, I just saw loads of posts about Simon's amazing alchemists game and how cool it was. Yeah, I need to. I need to watch that. It's probably my favorite game this this season in the Premier League. Yeah. Okay. I'll um I'll link to it in the notes so people can yeah people can see it. They are interested because I'm also looking at the spreadsheet and because this is we need ghostly here. How it's not actually. It doesn't actually give us the percentage points, right? Did he just go away and work? Oh it? yeah, he, I think he did it. I think he did it on the side because the spreadsheet doesn't show the actual scores. But if I remember correctly, that game it was me and uh, and Simon both had one seventy two, and Astari had one seventy. Um, and yeah, he, he right. was Fakirs, I believe. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yep. that's right. Yep. Yeah, good memory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that game was fun. My most my most fun game was definitely the last one, uh, where I was Fakir's. Uh, that game was just one. It was cool because it was the one that clinched me the league. But that it's one of those games where just like everything goes right, um, and at high level Terabisca, like that doesn't happen a lot because people will usually stop you. But for some reason in that game, I don't know if people didn't notice or it just they just didn't have ways to do it that didn't hinder them, but that game just was, I mean, just awesome. Was that, and that, that you were for Kears, and was it settlement scoring? The it was, scoring it was settlement well? scoring yeah. and landscaped um, and Lone lakes. lakes. Yeah, uh, so uh, it was pretty, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's one of the highest scores I've ever gotten in any game ever, 194. Might be the highest I've ever gotten because I, I don't think I've ever broken two hundred. So I was with you on this one. I I, I knew I knew Fakirs would win like from round one. Well, everyone was. I'm I'm not sure what everyone was thinking. What everyone else was thinking, but I was I was pretty sure you were going to win. So yeah. Well, thanks for the <laughs> thanks for the belief. <laughs> I think Weber saw that in the chat, but he said something like. I can never tell with Superchani whether he's being serious or just always pumping for Kears or not. So I don't know whether to believe him. Or not. Oh right, yeah, I remember that. Well, it was the really, Bless the you. really quite rare game where where Fakirs were the the lowest bid 
faction. I mean, that does not happen very often. Um, so, like, people recognized they were they were in the best position. I just don't think they realized quite how, how good it was. Even I didn't, to be honest. Like, there's no way I expected going into that game that I was going to win by 25 points or whatever it was. Yeah, I think you said so when you were talking to Weber afterwards, yeah, that you couldn't have predicted it to go that well, no. even though you thought they were in a good situation. But, yeah, it's always nice to see Fakirs just kind of, yeah, stretching their legs and showing that in the right in the right setup they have got uh they've got the stuff they can score the points and yeah be a good faction it's cool to see yeah absolutely um so yeah so the final standings in the premier league this season were you and simon bay tied on points first and second but you took it in the tiebreaker like we mentioned bitchigoa was third deep finesse only fourth um but still like that's the thing all four of you were in contention going into that last game yeah. right so everyone was pretty equal and then astari had a few tricky games and came last so yeah nice job nice job by everyone for another excellent premier league competition finally no more <laughs> dip, dip finesse come on let's go yeah <laughs> It was. It's good. It's fun. It's fun to take down the king, I guess. Right? <laughs> Has he like? Did he mention anything to you? Did he say anything in the game chat? Or uh, he said congrats, just like like everybody did. I don't think he said anything uh, specifically. Um, you know, I'll, I'll admit that, like, you know, as someone who's who's followed, this is my first time playing in the Premier League. So all the previous seasons, I was just watching, um, and I casted a, a couple games. I think. And he has just seemed so dominant for the first few seasons. Um, and even into the first game of this season, which was my absolute disaster of a witch's game, he played a really cool Swarmlings game and won. And I think anyone, you know, who has been following this tournament would have looked at it after that game and thought, oh, he's going to cruise to another, yeah. another title. And then, you know, after that, like, um, maybe it was just, the rest of us playing better or he just wasn't quite as on or we closed the gap or whatever, but it wasn't like, you know, he just didn't have as dominating performances as I'm used to seeing from him. Um, so maybe it just means the rest of us are, are getting better, but um, I was expecting some more um, fanciness from him. Maybe is the right word. Like I remember in past seasons, he like, triple dug some hex from nerd cube and it was totally the right move. And he's, he does, he just like, mm. he's really good at finding the unorthodox or unseen play at exactly the right moment. Um, that can really swing the game. And he just didn't really have too many of those this season. He, in that last game, he had a nice one, uh, to get that town and really limit Simon's, connection but it wasn't it was like too late in the game to really change the the overall outcome um and there just weren't quite as many of those those moves from him this time around yeah um uh, speaking of the finesse and the other players here i was wondering for i've been wondering actually for quite a long time uh since in the as a community and in the tm world we don't have like accurate tools to measure this kill as 
as uh, it is the case in many other uh, games. Do you, and be honest here, okay? Do you consider yourself like, where, where, where would you put yourself in the, uh, in the leaderboard for TM currently? Like, mm-hmm. uh, do you consider, well, do you consider yourself to be, I don't know, top five, top 10 or something? No, I haven't really thought about it. Um, After all, you've won Premier yeah, League and turn base. I mean, I think I think right now I'm I'm probably up there. Um, you know, I've been playing pretty well lately, and I think recently too, I've started like I've started to get better at live. So I started playing on BJ. It's probably right around a year ago, um, maybe a little more than a year ago. And before that, I'd only played on Snellman. But I'd been doing that for a really long time. I've been playing on Snellman for like six years or something like that at this point. Um, and I switching from, from live to, or from turn base to live is really hard. Um, it's a, it's a kind of a different game, partially because of the auction, right? Which is really a different, format for the game, but also just because you don't have time to fully evaluate all of the positions when you're playing live and sort of all the different lines, and you kind of have to use various heuristics and just sort of your general sense of how the game is going to make decisions a lot faster. So I don't I, I don't know if you guys watched any of the turn-based streams that I did, or for any of the listeners who did, like, you see how sometimes I'll think about certain decisions for you know, upwards of 20 minutes or longer, or sometimes I'll, if I don't have uh, a clear direction coming to me, I'll like walk away and come back an hour later or whatever and look at it again. And obviously you can't do that playing live. So when I first started playing live, I found myself making moves and then within 30 seconds, I'd be like, oh, that was so stupid. Like, why the hell did you do that? Um, and I'll see something better that, that like I always would have caught that in turn-based just because that's how I always played. So I think the format matters a lot. I think even today, I'm a much better turn-based player than I am uh, a live player. Uh, and then the other thing is, like, I just because of my experience, I think that in settings with Fire and Ice, both factions and scoring, my ranking is probably a little higher, cause, just because I have more experience than a lot of the, the top EGA players. Um, but if you kind of blend it all together right now, yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably in the top 10 is probably fair. Fair, fair enough. Mm. Like, so yeah, this is, uh, did I mention it to you super? I can't remember who I was talking to, but, uh, I'm also planning to record with George Shortwell in the near future this weekend, maybe. Yeah. And, I had joke, uh, sort of somewhat jokingly, but somewhat seriously. Previously, I've said George Shortwell, best all-round Terramistica player in the world. Um, I think, and especially after he won the Mind Sports Olympiad last year, right? Mm-hmm. That made me think, like, yeah, he's. And I think around that time he'd won the Fjords League. He's also won a few fire and ice like game one fire yep. and ice ladders and that was what made me think like yeah he's across all the maybe you know deep finesse or nerd cube or whoever are like regarded as 
being some of the best on the like live fire to open scene. But the rest of that stuff, I was thinking, yeah, George is a guy who can play in all of these formats, async, live, Fahrenheit factions or whatever. Uh, and he's got like all of those bases he's brilliant at. And he also did the International Clash as well and did well in that format. Yeah. But then going to record with him and I'm just going to kiss his ass about how he's the best all-round player. And then Matt the Lesser wins the TMTL live tournament premier league that like one of the highest level of live play and also you win this is the other thing is that in the same tournament you've won the turn-based division one which was newly introduced for this season of tmtl and then like you know that best all-round that made up best all-round terroristic of player title is uh is debated i would say between the two of you because yeah i think it's really noticeable how you have kind of brought those um the the sort of the snailman side in and in particular the expansion like the fire and ice stuff and yeah it's noticeable that in that final game for example with fakirs it had the extra scoring mm-hmm. in and then that was something you like took advantage of and then on your turn-based streams it was notable that the one that you like immediately you're like okay i'm playing ice maidens <laughs> in this it was the fire and ice factions one you're like ice maidens here i'm gonna take this i'm gonna build whatever it is two or three temples in round three and then i'm gonna build my stronghold and it's gonna kick ass and then that was the one that every time you're on that stream you're like thinking for a long time about all the other games i'm I'm obviously exaggerating a bit here, but you were thinking about the other games, but the Ice Maidens game every time it was like, yep, it's going exactly to plan. Ice Maidens are always going to win here and I'm just going to build another temple and you've won that one by a reasonable margin, yeah, I think. I did. So yeah, <laughs> that game that game was funny. That was actually kind of similar to the Fakir's game. Like Everything kind of went the way that I had planned out uh, in that game. And I also just like, I don't know why, but I love Ice Maidens. I just think the temple mechanic and and they have so many different ways that they can play and depending on what color you start on the experience is very different i just they're absolutely one of my uh favorite factions what's funny is that uh, barnawal was in that game and he is also a huge huge ice maidens fan and i think if he hadn't been there i probably would have even gotten them for a better auction price than i did um but he had a he had a, a fjords league season where he played ice maidens in like three of his four games or something, and almost won the league, uh, basically just off the basis of Ice Maidens. And what's funny about Ice Maidens is that, is that like, they're not overpowered by any means. I wouldn't even consider them like the strongest faction. I think they just are flexible, and there are some setups where they are very, very good, and, and that game happened to be to be one of them. Um, but yeah, bringing the Fire and Ice stuff over is good. It's been good to see them be implemented on PGA and, and start to get some uptick. Um, I think that they probably won't get full adoption or at least higher adoption until they get put into arena. I think that's when maybe people will start to play them a little more. And, and I hope that they do. I mean, we did the, you know, the overviews a, a few months ago and I think they're really fun. Um, but I can understand why um, some people think the mechanics are a little wonky and, uh, don't want to learn but now we have fan factions so you know if you're going to learn the fan factions you'll learn fire and ice too it's the you know it's the same idea 
Yeah, it's really interesting the fact like I think the dynamic of these fan factions kind of arriving at the same point as the fire and ice stuff getting like semi-integrated is really interesting I think of yeah people because obviously you know it's always going to be weird change and you throw in this fire and ice change but then suddenly if you've got all these crazy factions floating around then why does it matter it's yeah i think it's a very interesting time right now with all of this new stuff coming on yeah and i think that like there are skills in 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 games in general um and teramiska's you know obviously a great example of this where um you can people who can sort of intuitively grasp uh, a new mechanic or in this case a new faction um, can do really well with it out the gate and then you know the, the community will will kind of catch up um, and so I'm, I'm seeing that in some of these fan faction games that I've been playing over the past week or so where like I played this game where I think it was was Foddy played goblins and and he was just doing stuff that i just wasn't even thinking of because like he somehow just grasped that faction so quickly um and everyone will everyone will get there and and pick it up but it's it's interesting to see people coming up with like new strategies all this new unexplored territory um it's cool it's cool to watch i'm pretty sure fally um had been test one of the testers for these fan factions oh yeah so it's pretty easy for him to actually play some of them, right? You're taking away. I was giving him some glory. <laughs> All right, maybe maybe <laughs> it's not so so impressive, but but still, it'll be cool to see as people come up with these uh, the different strategies for these for these things. Yeah, it's sort of weird as someone who came to Terra more recently. It's weird they're not being established strategies. You know, like I've never. Is there, it's always been like a known thing of how to play like cultists or darklings since I've been playing it and then having these things where it's not known what the balance is or like oh yeah how what strategies are good and seeing people being like oh yeah maybe you could build an early stronghold and then build loads of temples or maybe you just do a dwelling rush is like an interesting thing to see yeah sort of being developed live. there's a couple like famous and like Mostly Snellman, but I guess Snellman kind of was online Terramisca for a long time. Um, like lore of these things that people figured out kind of out of nowhere about certain factions. Um, so I think you actually talked with uh, Zevek on, on the, the pod you did with him about how basically he figured out how to play like early TP nomads. And there was this like seminal post on BGG by this guy named CTK Shadow about like how to play Alchemist. And he like, basically revolutionized yeah. how people played alchemists um and it's just like fascinating and like fruity harris has like kind of figured out new ways to play river walkers like there was kind of only one way that people played them which was dwelling rush um when they first came out and it's just it's cool to see this stuff happen and i'm really excited to see it happen for for the fan factions too yeah definitely definitely hey ej in the edit here my microphone cut out a bit at this point, but basically I congratulated Matt again for winning the turn-based division one in TMTL, and I mentioned and introduced 
talking about the awesome async streams that he did of that division on his Twitch channel, uh, which I am currently in the process of compiling together for him to then upload to the Terra Mystery Cats YouTube account. Okay. Yeah, I would say to anyone listening who didn't watch those streams that I would highly recommend uh, going watching the VODs once I put them on YouTube. Um, just because watching them live, it was really... I think in the same way that I feel like I learn, I learn so much when I watch Ranul play live on stream or Nerdcube play live on stream. It was really interesting to see how you think about those decisions and your considerations when you are in a turn-based game. Uh, how you analyze the factions to begin with, then how you. I think the first, like the first round of that mad um, color wheel sandwich game where you were thinking, oh, if I take the priest, this means this someone gives him leech and then he can take single dig and that means that my hex won't get taken. I felt like I learned a lot about how to sort of particularly play out a first round. So yeah, they were really good. So like, awesome job oh, doing well, those. Well, thank you. And I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed them. I've gotten some good, some good feedback. I, uh, uh, it was super fun to do them. Um, and I, you know, I started streaming last year at some point just because I thought it would be fun. I actually started, the first thing I did was just like cast a couple games that I wasn't playing in. And I tried to um, do a couple games in the sort of, you know, Rainier or Nerd Cube style while you're casting a live game while you play it. And, you know, I can, I can do that. Um, but it's very difficult uh, to to talk about it and keep your head on the game. And there's just a lot of moving pieces. And um, I figured with the turn-based league, I thought it was an opportunity to, uh, one, sort of showcase the, the process that I've gone through for years thinking about Snellman and, and particularly going back to the TM Tour. Um, and also just like talk about what I think are some of the most interesting parts of Terra Mystica and why I love this game and have been playing it for so long without getting bored of it is like decisions like that one um, in that color wheel game. And I won't rehash it all here because everyone can go watch the video, but, but the short version of it was like, I was sandwiched engineers and giants started next to me. And I had these hexes that I really needed to get to. And I was like, how the heck do I get out of this position without having it completely crumble on me? Um, and just thinking about the implications of like, if you do this, then other people will do this and then other people will do that. And like going down those lines, it reminds me of like, um, for anyone who ever took a class in game theory, like those decision trees. Um, and that's like, like totally what it is. Um, and I just, you know, it's fascinating and, and super fun. And, and that game overall is like probably, you know, I can remember a small handful of games over the course of my Terra Mystica career that I'm like very proud of. And that's definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> like just being able to me for to like figure out like, okay, I have a way out here of a pretty thorny situation and have it actually then work out um, was, was really cool. Um, and just, 
like a situation that I think, you know, I saw engineers in that auction and I was like, oh my God, they're in such a bad spot. Like, why would I, why would you do that? But then I started looking more closely at some of the other factions and it wasn't like anyone else was in a much better spot. Uh, you know, giants were sandwiched too. And it was, it was like, you know what, let's just, let's just do this and figure it out. And, and I thought that the angle was so funny is that the, the angle that I thought I had on the engineers was basically that I thought the bidding was thinking that giants were going to do something that then when I looked at it from giants perspective, I didn't actually think they were going to do. And so I thought engineers are actually <laughs> getting a deal here because they're not actually going to start on that hex because it doesn't make sense for them. And then Barnawal did it anyways. Um, and, then, and, so, and so the whole reason that I had been like, okay, I'm willing to take this risk didn't pan out. And then for me to basically still find a way out of it um, was cool. Um, and, and another reason that fire and ice scoring is so cool too, right? Because, you know, we had it in that game. It was clusters actually similar to that, that Fakir's game. Um, but similar to the, the Witches game from the live Premier League, I actually didn't score any endgame points. I think the cool, like one of the reasons people don't like, I think, scoring sometimes is that it just adds too many things that you're kind of trying to optimize for and go after. But when there are more things in the game that you can prioritize and try to chase, that means the trade-offs are more interesting. And so, like, I had that really interesting right. decision point at the beginning that I was just talking about, about, like, that I ultimately chose to take the priest action. But also, in the middle of round five, I had to finally make a decision. Am I going to try to score clusters or am i gonna say screw it and go hard for towns and bridge scoring for engineers and i ended up going for the latter and it, and it worked out but like fire and ice scoring doesn't exist that that decision doesn't exist to to be evaluated mm. yeah yeah that's that's really interesting um do you do you plan to do more turn-based streams? I do, and I, I, I apologize for anyone who was looking forward to... I promised some um, coming out of the turn-based league because uh, four of the five of us decided to play another round of games, and we got Jekyll to replace Barnawal. Um, and then uh, I actually tried to start one up, and I had some technical difficulties, and then unfortunately the next day, which was now about two weeks ago, uh, I actually got covid um, and so oh. I had to, uh, shut down being on camera for a little while. Um, luckily I'm, I'm fine. I only had, you know, a little bit of a fever and a cough and I'm all, I'm recovered now. Um, so I will try to get back to it, but unfortunately that league played out mostly while I was, uh, under the weather. And so, uh, uh, I will do more turn-based streams. Unfortunately, that particular set of games has, uh, uh, sailed past, but we will find more opportunities. Uh, yeah, for all the listeners, just uh, keep your eye on the Twitch, and I'll be there when I can get another good set of games to uh, to evaluate. Mm. Listen here, Ghostly. It's gonna be back. Ghostly said that it was uh, your streams were his favorite streams. Oh wow, that's very nice. I'm not sure if he said ever, but he said that he really enjoyed okay. them. There's, there's so, it's one of those things that on paper, it sounds like an awful idea, a turn-based stream. 
because nothing's happening, right? But it's actually, firstly, it's really interesting because, like I said, you get to see the analysis going on. But then there's a weird sort of, it's it's like a, a slow build of tension as you're planning the move and then the release of when you actually get to see Matt like <laughs> click on an X and put a dwelling down after like 20 minutes of thinking. You're like, ah, oh, that's what has happened. <laughs> like the build and the climax. And then the joy of when on one of them, Mellison came online and a move was made live. And you're like, wow, a move has happened. Mellison has showed up. <laughs> it's like, it, it sounds like not, but it's actually a slow burn. And it's, it's really interesting and getting to sort of, yeah, really learn about this game. And then, yeah, that sandwich game, normally like a horrific situation like that, lasts no time at all because you're sandwiched engineers and then oh it's happened it's finished but this was like days of thinking like oh god that sandwich yeah. game and it always came at the end of the stream the cursed yeah stuff. and the other the other thing too that <laughs> i i think i hope people liked i mean i liked it as a um the person who was streaming it is that they're a little shorter a little more digestible you know i go on for for yeah. somewhere between 30 45 minutes or so, um, besides that one long one that was a little longer than that. But, <laughs> um, uh, and I think that's a, it's a good alternative, you know, if you don't have time to sit down and, and watch a whole, a whole game. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like a little half hour. It, it, have you seen, um, Rudy Harris's video where he did something a bit similar on a fire and ice ladder game before? No, I haven't. I'll have to check it out. Oh, okay. You'd find it interesting. It, I think it's, I think it's weirdly not actually publicly on YouTube. I think it's like an unlisted YouTube video, oh, maybe. But I'm, I'm sure I can link it. to it. Yeah. But he basically, yeah, like went through a fire and ice. It's a single game, and he, yeah, came back and recorded a little video thing. I think he said it was like a lockdown Got thing. It. He yeah, did. that's cool. Um, I know that. I remember some similar content that I've seen is. Uh, I don't. I haven't played Gaia Project. I want to, but I know Zorus does some turn-based streaming around Gaia Project, and he mm. also had the like your best game series going for a while, um, which in, kind of feels like someone going through a turn-based game because they're doing it after the fact mm. and they're going back right. and going through the individual moves and talking about what they were thinking at at different points. Um, I've actually been meaning to like do one for him for that for very long time and i've never gotten around to it maybe i'll do it on that well i shouldn't do it on the engineers game because there's already content but uh it would that would have been a good one to do it george shortwell the best all-round terramistic player in the world ah, has done one all right so, have, got to so catch have you so have you ej yeah i'm not the best all-round terramistic player in the world but i did one i also i did <laughs> on the turn-based league i did an audio <laughs> I tried making an audio diary of my games, uh, but I've, I'm not going to release it because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's quite hard to follow a game of Terra Mystica if you can only hear somebody talking about it without actually seeing what they're talking about. Who knew? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds a little tricky. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, the chess grandmasters can play uh, chess chess games without even looking at the board so you're like knight to f6 and something so maybe we'll reach out a, a point where somebody's doing like dwelling on d7 and <laughs> burn, burn one power and you know convert to a coin or something 
I will, be I will uh, maybe embarrassingly admit that, especially back when I was doing TM Tour and those games are just such a grind and you think about them so much and you kind of have to if you want to be successful, I would like look at them enough over the course of the day Sometimes when I was like going to sleep at night, I would be like envisioning the board in my head and like continuing to think about it until I until I fell asleep. And it's and that was that was when oh. I started to know that like that particular competition was probably becoming a little too much. Um, and I know I know other people have said, have said something similar, but like the because the meta and the setup changes, well, the setup never changes, and the meta changes so rarely and so slowly that. It's just such a grind, um, and so you like you win on the smallest little margins and the littlest moves, um, and that was why I got very lucky. That sort of right as I was beginning to just be done with it, I actually managed to win Division One, um, which was like three or four seasons ago now at this point, and that was when I was like, okay, now I can retire happy and say I made it to the mountaintop and. I'm done. That yeah, you so you've you've done my segue for me there because yeah, that was the the next thing I wanted to ask you about was winning that div one of uh TM tour because that is also a very cool achievement. So yeah, I've got it up here. It was season forty five, which when would that have been? That would have been it was last kind year of, sometime. Was it, End yeah. of last year? I think yeah. it was in the fall, I want to say. Game finished four months ago. So, yeah, it would have been like, yeah, like yeah towards the end of last year, yeah. not that long ago. Because then we had um, sort of of this parish, Zitcob, then won the following uh, season. So, I was sort of I was wondering whether I had actually thought, should we try and talk to you and Zitcob about those two successes? And you won it. It was like a pretty narrow win again. You won by a point in front of Green Rain, who yeah. was, and then Pokemark and Man Pansy were sort of then one point behind in each of. Yeah, those it was. Games. Uh, it was definitely a close one. Yeah, that season was. I mean, what the reason I won that season? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but like the the main thing that I did that season. Um, that vaulted me to the top of the standings was I actually won the game where I started in fourth seat. So for people who aren't as familiar with TM Tour, you play four games, um, and each game you start in a different seat, and it's not auction, it's just faction selection. Everyone starts with 20. Um, and in that format, fourth seat particularly is at a very large disadvantage if you look at the statistics. Um, and I happened to get a fourth seat where I was able to pick mermaids in a scenario, a setup that was like reasonably good for them. Um, and I've been playing, you know, in that setup, which I haven't played for a while now, but I'd been, I'd been leaning toward playing H4 mermaids. Um, and I did mm. that time. And it was funny because I think it was Green Rain who in that game was playing witches and we'd had the exact same yeah. thing the season before where I'd been mermaids in seat four and he was witches and I played H4 and the games went very similarly. I don't remember if I won the one the season before, but I definitely outperformed my seat. Um, and that's kind of how I was like, how I got to think about it in TM tours. Like if you want to 
be successful if you can outperform your seat. Um, so basically, like, get first in your first seat game and your second seat game and get second in your third seat and, you know, and so on. Like, you're doing pretty well. And so to get first, though, from a fourth seat game is, is pretty rare. And also just to candidly to get first with mermaids is not something that happens in TN Tour very often. And so mm. that was, that was definitely the game that won me season i mean i think i also won my first seat game but that's you know not as much of a achievement that's kind of what you do that's like the average that's a cool four seat pick because you're you were it's a four-way color sandwich so you're putting yourself cultists darklings and witches had already been picked so instead of going for nomads or or I don't know, chaos, yeah. like on the outside, the color sandwich, you're throwing yourself right in there and just trusting that the, the setup will reward you. That's, yeah. that's nice. Um, I, I, it was something that I'd kind of discovered, actually, oddly enough, really via trying to play more swarmlings, um, was that blue in that particular matchup, the color sandwich actually isn't that bad. Um, because if you're Swarmlings, you can basically start in the east and kind of actually disrupt the other players because you don't really care about connecting. And that's the, the G6 Swarmlings that has become, you know, reasonably uh, popular. And I sort of realized the same thing applies to Mermaids for a slightly different reason, which is that, like, because green and brown and black all kind of focus on the east you can kind of play in the West without getting disrupted too much. And your main issue is just finding neighbors. Um, and that's why the H4 actually plays pretty nicely because you usually will get green to come down onto that green above you, which will give you a couple neighbors. And you can even inch onto the Western part of that Eastern continent, um, which I think is what I did on, in that game to found a town. Um, and, and it works, it works reasonably well, especially if you start with, if you can get double dig in, in round one, because you often don't have a, if you start H4, you often don't have a neighbor from on your initial dwellings, which obviously can be a problem. Um, but if you're starting with double digging, you're just throwing a bunch of dwellings, then that doesn't matter as much. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I'm looking at your history now. So you joined TM Tour in season 10, way back in the day. Yeah, it was a long time ago. You've played through, and then, yeah, season forty-five. There were like two seasons, yeah, like two seasons in the middle that I missed. Um, literally, one was because I, I think I like, I think I forgot some month had thirty days instead of thirty-one or something, and forgot to sign up, and so I missed that. And then I took another season off, and then I, and then I came back. But yeah, no, it was a pretty consistent run for. You know, I, I want to say like six years. Um, I think it was. I remember. I, I I know I learned Terra Mystica in 2015 um, because I'd heard good things about the game, and I had been a big Agricola player for a long time. And I heard good things about the game from other people who had played Agricola. And I bought it, and I took it on a vacation that I went on with a bunch of my friends uh, to go hiking in in Canada, and like we basically went hiking during the day and played Terra Mystica at night, um, and. And that was when I kind of caught the bug. And then I guy was living in New York at the time and I got back to New York and my friends didn't have as much time to play and anymore. And so that's sort of, I was like, Oh, let's see if there's an online implementation. And I found 
snowmen and and all those years later made it to division one and took the crown what was it was it a cool feeling to finally win that thing like that's it was it really was it was like especially as i said with the with the combination of the fact that that just over the past year or so maybe not even and it had started to really feel like a grind and i was thinking about quitting tm tour not termisco but tm tour anyways um especially as as my finding of bga and starting to play on bga was capturing more of my gaming time and I was enjoying that more than I was team tour. Uh, and so I was kind of thinking of quitting anyways, but then to be able to, to pull it out, I remember like when I actually realized I was going to win, which was not, you know, you, it's not, the game wasn't quite over yet, but I, but I realized I was going to win. Um, and I just like went in and said to my fiance, I was like, I, I won the tournament and she was like, what? Like she was like almost as excited as, as I was. Cause she's, you know, I've been playing this longer than I've known her. Um, so, uh, yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. So she was really happy for me. And I told, I told her when I won the Premier league too, and she was, she thought that was pretty cool too. So, um, Hey, yeah. that's good, man. I love that. Um, but yeah, are you, and and is you're done with that's like mic drop done with TM tour now. For now, at least, yeah. I mean, if I ever get the bug, I mean, I have that first seat. So if anyone ever drops out of Div One, I can I can jump right back in. Um, but right now, I'm I'm plenty enthralled with uh, Terramistica BGA, and that's that's plenty for me. And especially now with the fan factions, and they're on there, and they're not going to be on Snellman because. Juho very, uh, you know, uh, understandably doesn't want to program anymore. And so, uh, you know, I actually think that it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, within the next couple of years, Snellman probably uh, decreases quite a bit uh, in terms of usage as more people find and play on BGA. And, you know, I'm, a lot of people have migrated. I mean, Barnawal, I knew, I've known for a while on snellman i know george plays on snellman uh jesse is another player who's been on snellman for a long time who i've now is starting to play on bga more and i think people are just coming over because this is where the community is is moving and this is where the new developments are happening it just feels like um there's a movement i mean tm tour still has a, a very healthy uh user base and so that probably helps prop snellman up but um i think it's cool um you know it's it's Snellman was an amazing tool, and, and Juho is rightfully on the Mount Rushmore of, of Terramisca. I don't think I don't think that the community around EGA Terramisca would exist if Snellman hadn't existed and and propagated the game for all of those mm. years. Um, but now there's a new platform, and that's where stuff is happening. And I think that's you know the natural progression of things, which is which is cool. Where do you stand on turn based? async play would you rather play on snowman or on bg um you know for a while i was definitely a snowman um loyalist uh, when i first came to bga and the biggest advantage from a turn-based perspective that snowman has is it's a lot it's layout one it loads faster which is like kind of a silly thing, except that when you are doing loading these things up multiple times a day, like that actually starts to you notice it. Um, but the other thing is it's actually easier to digest 
the board state information on Snellman, particularly on your phone, um, which for turn-based games, mm. I do look at them on my phone quite a bit because I'm, you know, if I'm not in front of my computer. Um, and so it does have that big advantage, but recently I've been playing more turn-based games. You know, the turn-based league was a big, a big proponent of it, but I've been playing more turn-based games on BGA. And as you start to get used to it, you've learned how to digest the information more quickly through experience. And, you know, the players are, are on BGA too. So like, you know, this turn-based league, the first one, and now this follow-up one is with like getting consistent, great games with good uh, or equally good players is really valuable. And on Snellman, like, it's hard to, harder to set up and find because they don't have the accompanying uh, chats and user-based uh, databases and things like that to find and set up games. So, like, I haven't played a game on Snellman that wasn't part of some sort of official competition in years. All of my games have been, you know, TM Tour until I stopped or Fjords League, or Fire and Ice Ladder. And that's pretty much it. Like, those have been all my Snowman games for probably at least two years now. Mm. Well, yeah. New Snowman season starts tonight, and I have learned from your streams that I need to pay more attention to opening placements and opening faction choices and stuff. So I'm going to spend tomorrow having a good hard think about my picks and not rushing into it like i normally do in tm tour faction choice opening placements and past tiles are the name of the game, mm. the name of the game. Mm. that's pretty sad actually i've never played on snowman by the way yeah I, it's one of those things where you just i i think at the start of the season, I'm not as invested in the games. And so I just kind of like, oh, just engineers, whatever, just do it. And then, I, and then in the middle of the games, I'm like quite enjoying them. And I, re <laughs> I, I regret that I sort of rushed the beginning a little bit. So I just need to spend yeah. time in the beginning. But yeah, it's, it is a bit of a shame. That's the thing with no auction and the sort of seat order picking. That is... The obvious disadvantage of Snellman is that you don't get that kind of uh, equalizing of the of each seat and stuff, and so you do miss that with the Snellman games. And yeah, it does mean that yeah that start is really important. I mean, one of the reasons that I've really loved BGA and my experience since I've come over is I get to play such a wider range of factions, like. I, we just earlier were talking about an amazing Fakir's game, right? And like, you don't play Fakir's in TN Tour. You just don't. Like, a base map is bad for them without the landscape, without auction. Like, it's you're just putting yourself at such a significant disadvantage that it's it's not worth it. Um, and and I've loved that. Um, you know, I I it's actually funny. I actually find myself on BGA. I, I think I over-index, I don't know how you would run stats on this, but I think I over-index on picking the 40 faction um, relative to most players. Uh, Just because it's like a, a kid in a sweet shop. He's like, oh, for kids, I can play for kids. <laughs> yeah, they tend to be the lesser, the, you know, not the lesser factions, right? Like, um, 
uh, <laughs> and, I, and I love it. Like, I love Giants. I love Oren. Uh, Oren are one of my, actually one of my best performing factions, but like, that only works if you get, you know, a points benefit, at least for the most part. I did win a TN Tour Div 1 game with Oren, which was one of my other most proud games ever. Um, but, uh, very nice. Yeah, that was a, a pretty unique circumstance. Um, I have a question about uh, to ask you as a player, like um, looping a little back to the uh, to what I've mentioned earlier about the best players in the world, is that I'm I'm still in love with Terramistic. I'm trying to somewhat figure out how what's well. Okay, so people have been saying that, for example, Deep Finesse is an awesome player, like he's creative and whatnot. Uh, what would you say are your how would you call it? Like, what are your habits? Uh, what do you look for in the game? What do you think you do better, uh, at least slightly, uh, at least uh, to other yeah. players? Like, what are your good, strong points? That's a good question. Um, to, you know, to, let's say, mark a difference between you and everyone else. I think I'm particularly good at being able to see early on in a game how, like, what a faction's plan can be um, and sort of the overall strategy of the game and then, like, translating that into the specific tactics along the way. And I think some of that is from turn-based because in turn-based, you can kind of plan everything yeah. out. Like, the first Div 1 TM Tour game I ever won was actually with Swarmlings. Um, and I basically planned the entire game out from the beginning of the game. I knew, like, I want to do this, and then I want to get this past tile, and I was, like, counting to make sure I was going to have enough workers to build my sanctuary when I wanted to build it, like, three rounds ahead of time, and, like, well, no, it wouldn't have been three, but, like, you get the point. Um, I think I'm pretty good at that, and that's why sometimes I have these games, like that Fakir's game, like the Ice Maiden's game, where everything works perfectly and i can like tell you that everything works perfectly um and those games i do tend to usually like win and sometimes win big um the flip side of that is that if something really unexpected happens it can really throw me off um and i can sometimes like i'm not a um i'm not always a super consistent player um I, it was funny, actually, the, the night before the final TMTL Premier League game, I play, I just played, played a random arena game and got fourth place against a bunch of, like, 300 ELO players. Um, because I, like, put a, uh, I put a faction in that I wanted to play, and then people were bidding them, and I was like, oh, like, I know alchemists are, like, undervalued here, so I'm going to take them. And then they were just so bad, and I, like, couldn't figure it out, and then a player did something that I wasn't expecting, and I, like, couldn't adapt. Um, and so I think if, 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 the, if the game stays within the, like, relative range that I'm projecting, or if it's turn-based and I have time to, like, sit down and reevaluate um, if something happens, then... I think I'm I'm particularly good at that. I think the live games where things go off the rails for me can like really go off the rails. Um, so that's true. And then in terms of like 
the actual, um, you know, as the game goes along, I find myself uh, recently I've been more of an economic player. I mean, I think this is a trend overall that the top players are like not taking Earth One out the gate, but I like. I really lean that way. Like, I can't. Mm. The last time I took Earth One and Round One, at least without opening Double Temple, was like, God, I, I don't even know when. Um, I like to play Stronghold factions. I'm, I think I'm better with them. Like, Giants, Orin, Stronghold Nomads uh, are some of my better factions. Uh, and I'm weak on the, and I'm weak on the pastiles. Error player, like, I'm, I always mess up, like, passing early or not passing early. Um, I mean always is maybe an overstatement, but I think there are other players who are more able to understand like the implications of the passing order and things like that. Like in the like the very first game of, of the TMTL Premier League this season where I got last with Witches, my game got screwed up because I should have passed before I built my last dwelling in round one. Uh, because I really needed space. And I just was like too wed to getting my opening and like 99% of the time in round one, yes, you want to build the dwellings on the free hexes that are there. But if I was better at that particular aspect of the game, I would have noticed Deep Finesse is going to pass and he's going to take double spade and then you're going to be really unhappy and you'd rather have that double spade and wait on the dwelling. And I noticed it after he passed, but that, by that point it was too late. Interesting. Um, so I guess to the future. Well, so the the very near future, we've got the playoff game yes. tonight, in a few hours, uh, which has sort of been tricky to organise. When are you playing? Uh, like, yeah, about three, a little less than three hours. So that is the uh, the winners. So you're actually there in your role as the right. turn-based winner, not the Premier League winner. Um, and then you're playing against Halai, who won Europe, Div 1, uh, 7, Tuna 5, who I, I haven't... Have you guys played against him much? I've not, like, come across... A couple of arena games, but that's it. Mm. So he did, he like, did an awesome job to win America, Div 1. Uh, did he beat George Shortwell? I think he, oh no, maybe George wasn't playing live. No, he did beat George. So there we go. Suck it, George. Um, <laughs> and uh, who else? Oh, yeah. Firexed, who won the New Zealand Premier League. Ah, uh, yeah. The real Premier League. The real. The real one. Where the best players go to play for a bit of early morning Terra Mystica, not that stupid late night stuff. Um, so that would be cool. We haven't actually decided. I, I can I can cut this out. We haven't actually decided settings yet, so we need to work that out. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I was thinking of getting one of the division winners to do it, but I yeah, I was thinking that. maybe the the Premier League winners should choose the settings, but that would be quite like unfair. Yeah, it'd be like oh, fire and ice with crazy scoring and. <laughs> Only Oren and Fakirs are allowed to play. <laughs> well, it will be it will be the player that is actually playing the game. So, choosing the settings. Uh, no, I should de- I should definitely not choose not choose the settings. Yeah, I think Fire should 
New Zealand player should choose the setting. Maybe the the best overall player, tournamentical player in the world, George Hurtwell. So, good luck in the playoff game later. Thank you. I hope you do. So, the sort of the idea is, I guess, in theory, we want everyone to like cheer for their region, right? So, you will have people who don't have a very urgent sense of time cheering for you i guess is the idea time travelers as the asynchronous yeah 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 people who don't follow time as a like a concept yeah who move through time freely (laughs) they will be supporting matt the lesser that's my favorite new new faction by the way at least of the ones that have have been released on bga so far the time travelers because i i feel like i'm a big you know to the point we were talking about earlier about my strengths i feel like i'm pretty good at (laughs) track scoring um and time travelers are just awesome i've played three games with them so far and i've won them all and they're just they're just fun to play yeah i haven't tried i mean i mean in truth i've only tried um oh the genie so far so yeah oh really so have i it was my only game yeah 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 great cats Uh, think alike (laughs) great cats Why no cat-based factions? Super. Uh, well, I don't know. We've got Pearl Witches, which is fine. But yeah, speaking about the factions, I've decided, well, not long ago, that I might start keeping a record of, um, of favorite factions overall in terms of color wheel. So if you don't mind me uh, asking you, Matt, uh, about, about your favorite factions uh, in terms of color. So like... If you were to choose one of the two engineers or dwarves, ah. uh, you know, and never play the other one again, like, uh, what would you choose? Are you okay yeah, with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, no, I can go through. Uh, we can start with... He can't choose Goatmen, then. Can start... No, I'll Sorry? Do the... I'll do the can you have Goatmen? No, we've got the regular factions. <laughs> yeah. So I've got them listed here, so uh, let me uh, let me start here. Uh, engineers... Wait, so you know all the factions? Well... Off... I... Oh, did you? Oh, you've got them written. He wants oh, to write good. It okay, down. that's good. <laughs> I had to write in that. Well, I, I, but yeah, I, I do know them, but just not to, you know, um, <laughs> confuse anyone. Uh, yes, I know the factions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, engineers or dwarves? Uh, well, so sorry. And you never played the other one, one again. Question, which is, is it yeah. like which one do I prefer to play from a fun? standpoint or which one do i prefer to play from like a i'm good or want to win standpoint i'm gonna crush george shortwell i think it's up to you really like the question is if you were to never play the other one again got it okay Okay, so like all right i think it's up to you really so for gray i think i would go with with dwarves uh i uh i really like that the tunneling mechanic so yeah all right, um, and yeah, you can you can add something to that if you wish. Uh, witches or Orin? Oh, definitely, or- definitely Orin. We talked about that earlier. It's one of my one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Orin, come on. Okay, mermaids or swirlings? Uh, I'm going to go with swirlings because mermaids, at least like on a relative basis, are one of my weakest 
oh. actions, even though I did win that one TM Tour game. I, I generally can't, I just like cannot figure them out in so many situations. So I'm going to go with Swarmlings. All right. Super seething. He's seething at that response. Yeah, we got to cut it, but okay. Um, Darklings or Alchemists? I'm going to go with Darklings, actually. Uh, I think they get a. I think they've gotten too much of a bad rap now as the like boring everyone picks them faction. I actually think they are very interesting in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. Uh, cultists or Halflings? I'll go with Cultists. I like cult factions in general. Um, nomads or Fakirs? So this is the one that I was really asking about when I asked which one I should pick because. I certainly have more fun playing Fakirs. Um, I, I look actively seek out situations where I can play them. So I will say Fakirs for, for, for your purposes. Um, but I want okay. to note that like, I also really love Nomads. Um, and I think the fact that they're generally such a base faction is actually makes them really interesting. And I also, I think on a relative basis, sort of the opposite of what I was just saying about Mermaids, I think I'm quite good nomads so i will say fakirs but that's probably my my toughest call all right giants or chaos giants stronghold okay um and how about the four nice factions so uh yetis or ice maidens i guess we know the you answer, know the answer to um, that one. yeah ice maidens acolytes or dra dragon lords definitely acolytes i think that um, I like the, the fire mechanic. I think it's interesting. I talked a lot about them on the, the previous podcast when we when we introduced mm. them, so you can go back and hear my thoughts. But uh, I think acolytes are more interesting and more complicated, which to me is a good thing. So I'm gonna go acolytes. And the last one, shapeshifters or river buddies. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say river walkers. I I have not played that much shapeshifters. Uh, and I want to play more of them. Uh, there's actually in this follow-up uh, turn-based league, uh, Simon is playing them in one game, and Rafa's playing them in one game, and it's been cool to see them do some things that I just haven't seen them a lot. But I will still say Riverwalkers for now because uh, I've played them a little bit more, and I and I do like playing Riverwalkers. They're they're fun. All right, I got it. I'm satisfied here. There Thank you, you go. Glad to satisfy Super Johnny. Apart from one of the picks, obviously, but we'll <laughs> leave it at that. He can't stand dwarves. Dwarves, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, um, we hope to have you back if we get around to deciding when the next season of TMTL is going to happen. Uh, that's another thing that we need to do, but yeah. Uh, you have your place in the Premier League, doubly assured as winner of the turn-based league and as Premier League winner. So, yeah, see what happens there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really, I'm looking forward to it. So you're actually facing two of your future Premier League opponents today. Oh, that's right. All right. Yeah, I never thought of that. But this is kind of like a preview. I yeah. just realized. Yeah. That'll um, be fun. Yeah, Halle is going to be in the Premier League. It's going to be a good, yeah, going to be an uh, what's the word? An interesting thing seeing him in there. Um, yes, 
And yes, is there anything else, Super? I, I'm sort of happy with with that. I'm happy whenever you are happy. So, ah, uh, we are symbiotic at this point. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Good luck later, Matt. And thanks very much for talking uh, today. Absolutely. This and, has been yeah. Thank this you. Has been fun. And thanks. You know, I said it on the broadcast, but thanks to you guys for organizing all of this. I think these leagues are are super fun. Like, you know, you get good quality games in. I think the broadcasts are are so fun, like whether I'm playing or not, being able to watch or to go back and watch. Like it's just such a more engaging way to uh interact with the community and with these games and like after years of playing on uh TM Tour where you might get a, a small like post game chat in the thing, but otherwise that was pretty much it to go to <laughs> this community where people want to discuss stuff all the time and have a podcast and have Twitch and have streams. Like it's, it's been a revelation. Um, and it's really, really, really cool. So thank you guys. Yeah. You get to win a game and then talk about it for hours afterwards (laughs) about how good you are. (laughs) I like to talk about how interesting it is. Uh, all of that dirt you've been talking about George Shortwell. I guess I'll have to. We'll have to set up a grudge match. (laughs) I don't. uh, I. I. uh, I don't like it when people manufacture rivalries, but it's easy to find. No, George. One v one. A one v one game. I've had a lot of. (laughs) I actually hate two players, so I'll probably try to pass on that. But uh, good. uh, But George and I actually have had a lot of good games on uh, the Fjords League, along with uh, Barnawal too, who's kind of been my Fjords League rival for for quite a while now. So. Um, it's mm. it's it's always good to see those to see those those guys there. Good games, good yeah. games. Oh, cool! Thank, uh, like, yeah, re- really fun to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Good chat. Um, good luck later. Thanks. Good luck. Yep. See you, folks. Have a good one. <laughs>